Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Thank you. Good morning, uh, CRC, for this wonderful opportunity to come and update the ministry and uh, to bring the word of God this morning. Uh, Chris, my son, and I had a great time strolling around the beach and trying your shack burgers last night. We had a great time. Uh, I mean, it's good stuff. I'm very thankful uh, for the leadership team here, uh, Pastor Chris. Uh, my, uh, and uh, the missions committee. On behalf of uh, the brothers and sisters on the front lines in the missions, Sue, my wife, and I want to thank you for your ongoing pr prayers and your uh, sacrificial strategic partnership in uh, Swanpura village uh, as we equip and empower indigenous leaders to bring healing, hope, and transformation. In fact, we have uh, two young men from the community uh, graduating this year uh, from the Leadership Institute to go serve and lead uh, the kingdom work uh, through discipleship, through education, self-sustaining enterprises, and to usher in the socioeconomic spiritual transformation uh, to the neighborhood communities. As we saw in this video, our vision is uh, to see all our churches financially self-sustained, disciple-making and multiplying by year 2025, and it is critical uh, with uh, the rising Hindu nationalism uh, in India. Uh, it is uh, becoming very hard for us to send uh, resources, especially financially, supporting uh, the indigenous leaders. So it is very critical for the kingdom growth for these churches to be financially self-sustained, and disciple-making and multiplying. Thank you again for making an eternal difference in their lives. Please join us in that prayer journey because uh, we uh, have uh, almost 300-plus young people from various communities looking for an opportunity to equip and empower themselves to be the light in dark places. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, by the prayers of God's people, uh, you know, the need is now uh, just $130,000 from what we showed on the screen just two weeks ago. God is powerfully at work. Thank you so much. God is uh, allowing us to proclaim his goodness amid challenges. Uh, the, the challenges are real. Because of that, you know, in order to protect our brothers and sisters on the front lines and on the ground, uh, we are unable to share a lot of details on the websites and on social media platforms. So, however, if you are interested uh, in getting regular updates from us, uh, if you can kindly go to our website, partnersindia.org, and if you scroll down, and there is a place where you can sign up to receive our uh, e-newsletters. 
Before I go into the word of God, uh, shall we ask God to be in our presence as uh, uh, we uh, look at uh, his word? Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning time. Lord, you know the hearts, you know their needs, you know the challenges that they are facing. Lord, you know their joys. Lord, would you please speak to us through your word this morning? May not my words, but your words be heard and the lives be transformed in the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Friends, without a doubt, we are faced with many challenges in our world today. Uh, in addition to all that, we are all navigating our own personal challenges. So my hope today is to encourage you to step out in faith and experience a fresh encounter with Jesus like never before. The context of this message is summarized in two lines. Number one, challenges with the fear of circumstances produces unbelief that paralyzes us from moving forward. Secondly, challenges with the focus on Christ enable you to walk by faith and in freedom. Once again, challenges with the fear of circumstances paralyze us because of the unbelief, which halts us from moving forward. Challenges, while focusing on Christ, enable you to walk by faith and in freedom. To walk by faith literally means believing in God's character and believing in his promises. Trusting him for who he is, trusting him do what he says. When we believe that God will fulfill his promises, even though we do not see, we exercise faith. Which is what we find in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The two words that describe faith is confidence and assurance. Because faith is not measured by actions. Sorry, faith is measured by actions, not by mere words. Faith must be exercised for it to be real. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. There are risks while exercising the faith. We all take risks in life. When we drive, we take a risk, trusting the vehicle's ability to take you from point A to point B. We also trust other vehicles and the drivers on the road that they are sober and they are not distracted. When we fly, we take a risk. When we invest, we make a risk. But it is amazing that we, too, we who take too many risks in life would often stumble upon taking a risk of faith. Faith is taking a risk when the world around us says it is a foolish move. It may seem that way, when someone looked from the outside. Because when you and I take the step of faith, we have, no, we have no idea how things will wind up. Bible have so many examples for that. For example, Esther said to Mordecai, I'm going before the king. If I perish, I perish. Then in, a, in, in the life of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the book of Daniel, standing before Nebuchadnezzar, the king, 
staring at the fiery furnace, there they're declaring, our God is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, catch that word, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship that image of gold that you have set up. The text for today is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. In fact, I will read once again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. These verses are continuation of that familiar chapter 11 that showcases men and women of faith who risked their lives in confidence and in assurance of things that they have never seen. Yet they took that step of faith with the God to go to the unknowns, facing challenges and seeing him at work. Not every man and woman who are listed in the hall of faith in that chapter, from verse, in fact, from verse 32 onwards, but their faith in action is the benchmark for chapter 12. It's a such great cloud of witnesses who experience God's power and might through the unknowns as they exercised their faith. So, so that we too can shrug off everything that hinders us from walking by faith, pluck out the shrubs and the weeds of the multitudes of sins, including the unbelief that entangles our spiritual growth and run this very challenging race with perseverance, knowing that we are not alone. Unlike the men and women in the hall of faith who never received what they have promised, the promised Savior, we have the privilege of knowing the Savior who lived, died, and rose again. And in him, we find the author and the perfecter of our faith. In him is our hope and our salvation. In him and through him, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit that indwells within us, who enables us to run into life's challenges with the confident expectation. Maybe you are in the midst of a challenging situation today. If you are earnestly seeking the Lord and walking according to his will and are faced with a challenging situation, you are not in it by accident. The Lord is allowing you to experience it, for you to, you, for you to experience how he is like in a challenging situation. He allows you to go through the challenges so that you can experience him as you have never experienced him before. He wants to write your storylines to draw people near to him. Friends, it is not how much you know about him matters. It is how much you have experienced him matters. For you and I to experience him in a personal way, we must exercise our faith. So my encouragement to you today is to step out by faith and experience the miraculous. 
Sue and I have an, a testimony. In fact, Sue is not with me, but we do this together, so I often quote her in the stories. And in the story, she is, you know, very visible. So I have a testimony to share, and I'm hoping that it would encourage you to step out by faith into the challenges you are facing today. The day I arrived in New Delhi in mid-April 2021, as a result of a second wave of COVID, which you might have seen on the televisions, the number of COVID cases and deaths were getting out of control in India, and they had declared lockdowns. I was stranded in a hotel for the next couple of days, unable to find a flight out to the city where we serve. While in Delhi, all I could see, looking from my hotel room, a long line of ambulances with the patients waiting for hours to be admitted in the nearby hospitals. And not very far from there, I could also see another long line of ambulances waiting at a makeshift crematorium where mass funeral fires were burning nonstop. There was a stench in the air. Later that week, as I walked into one of the hospitals in the region where we serve, I could see people on the floor gasping for air. I could see desperation and fear, yet determination in the face of those healthcare workers doing all that they can do. When I returned, Sue and I prayed asking God how we could uh, come alongside these hurting brothers and sisters. Understanding the needs in India, we started receiving contributions to support our relief efforts. But money could only go so far. Whenever I connect with our office and our healthcare partners, they were sharing the urgency of getting oxygen supplies as there were none. And about the scarcity of the PPE kits for the frontline workers. One of the doctors on the Zoom call told me that he treats patients all day without proper PPE. And as we prayed, the Lord impressed upon our hearts to purchase oxygen concentrators in bulk and PPE kits. Around that time, there was this other disease called black fungus infections that started to spread among the COVID patients. And the medicine to treat it was anywhere to be found in the region. So we prayed and started procuring all the su supplies. Within weeks, the Lord enabled us to collect all the relief supplies. Very quickly, our garage was filled with all kinds of PPE kits and the oxygen supplies. We had no experience in sending relief supplies to India prior to that. So as we prayed, the Lord brought an international relief agency to come help us palletize and ship the supplies to India. Because of the limited flights at that time to India, we knew these supplies would take a very long time to reach India, and they need it so badly. As we were seeking that direction one evening, Sue had an idea of me traveling with at least the oxygen concentrators to India. Because the travel ban existed at that time, I reached out to the Indian Consulate General's office and obtained the necessary permission and then contacted the airline, and uh, they came along and helped me out. And I started planning my trip in, within a few days. As I was preparing my travel, we were also able to obtain the vials of medicines 
treat this black fungus. So in early June 2021, I boarded a flight to New Delhi. As I was on the flight, thanks to the Wi-Fi on board, I was just making sure that all the relief supplies I had would be able to clear the customs without any issues upon arrival. I was relieved to know that the oxygen concentrators and all the supplies I had was okay to clear the customs because of the overwhelming need for it. But to my shock, I read that if I were to bring this medical supplies, the vials, to treat the, blank, the black fungus, there I needed to obtain a no-objection certificate from the Narcotics Division of India prior to travel. I became worried. Uh, fear started to creep in. I was already on my way. I had not seen that piece of information before. But instead of focusing on that fear, I pulled out this iPad and I started to recount the miraculous work of God showing up in various challenges we met until then. After all, there was no way for us to get a hold of this medicine. It was even on sh short supply here in the US. We had a lot of doctors and area hospitals trying to help us procure it but they were unable to do so. It was an absolute miracle how he allowed us to purchase this vials. If the Lord could do this much, this far, clearing these medicines without a certificate for him is possible. He can do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can imagine. I wrote down my iPad. Peace filled my heart. I was ready to face whatever the challenges that were ahead of me. Upon arrival at the Delhi airport, as I was picking up my bag, and I was looking toward the exit, I saw a long line, which is a very unusual sight. They had a baggage scanner set up on the way out, even scanning the handbags. I knew that these medicines are not to be cleared if they find out. As I was placing my oversized bags on a cart, a man came toward me, dressed in the official airport uniform. He said to me, sir, there is a long line. You had a long journey. Allow me to help you to go through this process quickly. Absolutely, I said. He, he said, follow me. And he took my cart, started to walk briskly toward the exit, cutting through this long line with the people staring at me. At the baggage scanner to the customs official, this man said, this sabji, in Hindi it means sir, had a long flight, he's very tired, he has nothing to declare. The officer looked at me, then he looked at him, and he said, go ahead. And I was out of the airport in a couple of minutes. As I was exiting the main door, he said, sir, you're good to go on, on your own from here. I thanked him, and as per the custom, you know, I quickly turned around, feeling my wallet to pull out some money as a token of my gratitude. Turn around, all in a matter of seconds, he was gone, never to be seen again. As I was walking to the region's largest hospital the next day, with the vials in my hand to give, the head of the department of ENT, with the tears running through his eyes, said, 
I have done too many surgeries in the last couple of days, operating and removing the infected sinus outlets from many patients. This medicine is godsend. Yesterday's doc, I said. I have heard stories like this before. I had experienced a few miracles myself in the past, but this was unique because I knew this man showing up was not just an accidental occurrence. It was God's providence showing up in the challenge because all our actions up until then was out of faith and in his will. When challenges come in your life or in our lives, we have choices. Do nothing, hope someone else will do something or do something. It requires faith to do something in the face of the unknowns. And when you and I respond to the challenges, which seems overwhelming, by faith, we get to see the Lord operates amid challenges in real time. The experience can be yours only if, like Peter, you step out of that boat into the violent and stormy seas. A good depiction of our world today looking at Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. But what is limiting us exercising the faith during challenges? Without doubt, it is the fear factor. Fear paralyzes us from focusing on the Savior. Being fearful halts us from exercising the faith. Unbelief sets in when we focus on our circumstances. I'm always fascinated by the events surrounding the disciples caught up in this violent and tempestuous storms on the Sea of Galilee. They were on the boat, perhaps, with that excess food, baskets that they have collected from the miraculous acts of Jesus, multiplying food to feed th thousands. Yet, as they saw Jesus walking on the water toward them, they were afraid. But Jesus says, fear not, it is I. Circumstances did not change. The sea was still raging, but the presence of Jesus helped calm their minds. While all the disciples were comfortably situated by the presence of Jesus in the midst of the storm, Peter wanted to experience more of Jesus. He wanted to feel what it is to walk on the water or what it is to walk on the challenge. Jesus didn't say, you sit there, I will walk toward you, I will stretch my hands, I will pull you out. No, Jesus said, he, he said to Peter, come. Friends, he bids you to come today. He asks you to step out of the boat into the violent seas, into the eye of the storm, of the challenge that you are faced with today, so that you can experience how the Lord operates in the midst of your storm. The rest of the disciples had an opportunity to step out of the boat as well, but they didn't. Peter stepped out of the boat. As long as his focus was on Jesus, he was walking on the storm. He was walking on his challenge he was walking on what made him fearful just moments ago. He got to experience the miraculous for which 
He could forever testify the day I walked on water. But for the rest of the disciples, their testimony forever be the day we saw our brother walk on the water. Peter took the risk of faith to experience the miraculous. In order to get over the fear and walk by faith, we must develop intimacy with Christ. Apostle Peter, sorry, Apostle Paul, while encouraging the believers in the letter to the Philippians, sorry, as Ephesians chapter 3, he pens this powerful prayer of encouragement. It is all familiar, but let me read from verse 14 through 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to whom? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine, according to the power that is within us, according to the power that is within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generation, forever and ever. Amen. The overarching theme of this prayer invites those believers then and now is to grow in intimacy with Christ. Or in other words, fixing our eyes on Jesus so that we can exercise faith as he alone is the author and the perfecter of our faith which enhances our spiritual capacity to face everyday challenges as you grow in intimacy with Christ. Your spiritual capacity expands, which help you understand the mandate that he has given you. If you feel discouraged today, or having the sense of running low on your spiritual capacity, or if you are not sure of your authority that has been given to you, I urge you to reflect on your intimacy with Christ. As you grow in intimacy with him, although your circumstances may not change, you will find confidence to face the challenge head on because of his presence. In 2 Kings chapter 6, when the Aramean uh, troops descended upon the city of Dothan, the servant of the man of God, Elisha, cried out, he says, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? Verse 15. What the servant saw, a challenge insurmountable. He saw the prophet's life in jeopardy along with his and others with him. While the servant could only see the inevitable attacks on their lives, Elisha could see beyond what the human eyes could see. So he prays for his servant's eyes to be opened to see the hill full of horses and fiery chariots. The circumstances did not change. An army was still raging against them. They were still coming to take their lives. But Elisha remains confident because of his intimacy with God, which expanded his spiritual capacity 
which gave him the authority or the mandate to ask the Lord to strike down this army with the blindness. When the pandemic hit in India in early 2020, which forced the country into lockdown and an extended lockdown, we were asked to send all our out-of-the-state students and staff back into their communities. One of our students, Vivek, went back to his home and decided to use his time catching up with his friends. Vivek has an amazing story of transformation, including deliverance from a life of drugs and alcohol. During the lockdown and subsequent days, Vivek was significantly burdened by his friend Rahul, by his friend Rahul. Rahul was living a wayward life, involved in a gang, got arrested a few times, caught in a theft attempt, among many other atrocities. Vivek tried to reach out to Rahul a couple of times, and he brushed off, saying, you have no business interfering in my life. And if you dare, I will make you pay for it. So Vivek knew Rahul is capable of harming his life, but he continued to pray for uh, Rahul, that he would uh, come to know the Lord, that his life would be transformed. As the lockdown was ending, as Vivek was getting ready to return back to the Leadership Institute, he got a frantic call one day from Rahul. I am dying, save me now. Vivek ran to our local church planter, Raj, whom we helped purchase a motorcycle just days before the incident. Together they rushed to Rahul's home, found him on the floor, unconscious and bleeding. Sandwiched between Raj and Vivek, they took Rahul to the nearby hospital. Within a few minutes, the doctor, to, uh, you know, they reached the hospital. The doctor told Raj and Vivek that there is no hope for Rahul to survive as he has attempted to take his own life by consuming, by consuming poison and cut off his veins. Vivek fell to his knees and asked God in faith for deliverance so that Rahul can be a testimony of God's grace and power. The doctors came out uh, in utter dis disbelief and informed that uh, Rahul started to respond to the treatment. Within days, Rahul was healed completely. And more importantly, his life was transformed. Rahul is now at our Leadership Institute, sharing his story of transformation with his peers. When I met him, he said, I was determined to die when I cut off my vein and consumed poison. I had lost all hope and everyone hated me. I thought my life is beyond any redemption. As I was losing conscience, voice of Vivek started ringing in my ears. It's, he said, don't brother, you're valued. You are loved by God, don't do this. And all I could remember calling Vivek and asking for help. Through this amazing experience, I knew, this is Rahul's words, I knew the God who rescued Vivek could rescue me. Not only that he rescued me, but he also transformed my heart. Not only he had transformed my heart, but he also instilled in me a passion for reaching my peers who lead duplicitous lives, as I did. And I'm going to make my life count for Christ. 
I had a wonderful privilege of baptizing Rahul during my time in, a in India in last April. His story is now transforming many lives. It all started with Vivek taking a risk of faith by focusing on Jesus, which helped him to overcome his fears. The story of the Bible, my friends, is that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things as long as they acted out in faith. He is willing to turn things around for you today. If you are willing to take a risk and step out in faith, no matter how challenging the circumstances that you are going through, as the saying goes, a turtle cannot go anywhere unless it sticks its head out. Take a risk of faith. Step out of that boat and walk, walk on a challenge of yours with confidence. He's with you in the storm of your life. Don't focus on the challenge. Set your eyes on Jesus. You will get to see how the Lord looks like in your challenge today. He's allowing you to go through the challenge so that you can experience him as you have never experienced him before. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, as we reflect upon this message, may you encourage our hearts to walk faithfully and confidently, by faith to step out courageously and meet whatever challenges that we are faced with to see you at work. Help us not to give in to fear, but to focus on your son Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. In his name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you.